Hey guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. And thank you for checking this podcast out produced entirely by Anchor.fm. Guys, if you're interested in creating your own podcast, Anchor is the easiest way to do it. And the cool part, it's free. Anchor has all the tools to help you create, record, and edit a podcast directly from your phone or computer. They even handle the distribution, putting it out to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other sites. What's really cool about Anchor, they even allow you to monetize your podcast Again, for free, you can generate income from your podcast. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Let's talk real quickly about how you make money in real estate. First step, you have to buy the properties right. You have to buy properties at a discount. The second way that you make your money in real estate is by knowing your numbers. This is super, super important. If you're implementing the Burr strategy, you have to know your numbers. Really cool tool we use to help us estimate our repair numbers more accurately is called Rehab Estimator Pro. Check out RehabEstimatorPro.com. Use the promo code DPI and you're going to get 40% off of the price. Rehab Estimator Pro has changed the way that we estimate our repairs. We used to kind of shoot from the hip. Uh, We use rule of thumbs. We use uh, square foot multipliers. And those things work, but this nails it down. Check it out, guys. RehabEstimatorPro.com. Use the promo code DPI. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, please visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy and you get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth. All right, guys, welcome back. Discount Property Investors. This is the Discount Property Investor Podcast with your host, David Dodge and Mike Slane. Hey, Mike. Hey, Dave. How are you today, I'm buddy? I'm good, man. I'm feeling great. Good. Rock Getting a lot rolling. of done today, man. Laser focus. Laser focus. That's, how, like you get that, you, that's how you get stuff done, like man. That. And for a couple guys with ADD, you know, yeah. or one anyways, Whew. it's nice to stay focused. <laughs> right. It's good, right. man. You have to. So what's our focus lately around here? Well, first off, we love wholesaling. We love wholesaling. So we wholesale like crazy. What's our next focus? Right now, we are really enjoying- Burr, buying rentals. Burr, baby, that's right. We're buying, rehabbing, refinancing, renting, repeating. You, you can flip you the screwed, R's around You screwed a little that bit. up a little bit. Ah, rehab. Refinance is towards the end, but that's the, that's the model, guys. Buy it, rehab it, rent it out. Refinance your money back out of it. Repeat the process. Burr. If you don't know, now you know. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I actually, we kind of do this two at the same time. So really like burr, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) rent and refi. Uh, There's no, I mean, is there a reason to do the rent first? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, there has been some, you know what? That's a good point, Mike. There has been some properties where we've actually refinanced out before they have actually had a lease signed. That's Mm -hmm. a good point. However, that's not, not often. Yeah. It's not the norm. And the reason is is most lenders are going to want a lease that's seasoned, 3 to 6 months. 
um, before they will allow you to refi. However, if you have really good banking relationships or if you're just rock stars like Mike and me, some of the bankers will trust you enough to just let you refinance that property knowing that you're in the process of leasing it. Mm -hmm. I doubt any bank will let you do it without at least having a tenant lined up. That's a good point. Unless you've and owned I forget it for like we've got a years. relationship because I do. I start my refi process. You do. And, and I, I love that you do that because it speeds the, the whole process up. It yeah. saves us two months of waiting, sometimes six of waiting. Yeah. So that's huge. good. I was wrong. You, you didn't screw up the R's. Well, yeah, you can yeah, just wiggle them back and forth. They go, you can kind of move them a little bit in different ways, which it, is cool. As long as you get all the R's in there, you'll be on. So on if point. you're new to this podcast, check us out freewholesalecourse.com. We've have almost 5,000 successful people take the course that have provided tons of feedback. So we're love to give back and teach you guys yeah. about wholesaling. That's our Why favorite. do we wholesale? Because we can cherry pick the best deals and we can sell off everything else. It's a profit center for us. However, what's our real passion, Mike? It's passive income. It's money that we can get while we're sleeping that's gonna come in every single month for the rest of our lives. And it's taxed a little bit lower than all the other money that you that you have to make or can make. And you're building wealth. And you're building wealth, and, lots of and, reasons. And, and, we love, and, and, and. So we love rental properties. So. That's what we're talking about today. Right. We are in the R of our Burr strategy, and we're going to continue that conversation today talking about uh, property. We're in the second R. We are. So you buy, you renovate, or rehab, same thing, mm -hmm. and then you rent. So that's where we're at today. And this particular episode is going to be focused on the property management aspect of it. Mm -hmm. So in the previous episodes, we talked about... Uh, regarding uh, renting, we, talk, we talked about renting. Yep. Yeah, we talked about uh, man a whole bunch of things, a whole bunch of good topics. We talked about tenants and toilets in the last episode, which is really a deep dive on dealing with tenants and managing the tenants, managing their expectations, managing rent collection, managing the onboarding and the offloading of those tenants, mm -hmm. all of the above. Um, in the episode before that, we kind of did a good summary of just rental overview. of mm -hmm. all together. In this episode, we're going to do a deep dive on the actual property management aspect of the third letter in the birth strategy or the second R. Exactly. Renting it. Exactly. So property managers. We have a property manager. In our last episode, we just said... You know, we think that 10 properties, if using the birth strategy, again, it doesn't matter if you're just slowly doing this, but if you are actively, aggressively using the birth strategy, meaning that you are buying a lot of properties and, and putting these into your portfolio, you're getting them through this process, then a property manager is a key player. It's somebody that you really wanna make a good partnership with because trying to do the property management and the aggressive acquisition can't do it is tough you can't do it right and we i mean i'll be 100% candid we were trying to do the property management in house we had hired twice three different times yeah multiple times so well and i'm yeah, not so. even embarrassed to say it failure is part of the success formula all right I'm, i need to say this more failure is part of the success formula you have to fail in order to be successful. Maybe not all big times, but little failures along the road. Right. I'm not so, ashamed of it. We tried two or three different property managers, even bringing it in-house. And it, brought it, in -house. it was not working was for working. us. Right. We, so we had to get a guy that could basically be the CEO of that entity. It's kind of funny because- Of that business unit. Yeah, I mean, so this is a guy that I've worked with for years on my personal rentals. 
and I told the guys, hey, this guy's pretty good. Hey, this guy's pretty good. And eventually we had him come out, interviewed him, and he's been a rock star for us. He's been really great. has, mm-hmm. really has. Very happy with uh, him. And we've we've thrown him more properties. Uh, I mean, we've probably increased his portfolio 50%. It's going to triple by the time we're done. we're going to double yeah. it here pretty soon. Absolutely. So why property managers, Mike? Yeah. Let's talk about why. So again, you can't do both if you're aggressive. That's number one on the why in my list, right? Uh, two is it's difficult to deal with people and property at the same time. It's that laser focus, Dave. It's that laser focus. If you are, you know, again, wanting to be aggressive in your growth, right? Uh, furthermore, it allows you to be more of a passive investor. That's really the goal here, right? Is I want to be able to get checks in the mailbox every month. I want to make money when I sleep. I really want to build wealth and not pay tax on that too. That's very important to me. Uh, income isn't as important as my wealth creation, but everybody's going to have a different you know, opinion on that. To me, I want to be able to build wealth. And the reason I like real estate to do that is I'm terrible at saving money. I'll be the first to tell you I suck terribly at saving money. So how do I save more money than most people I know? I put my savings on autopilot. I get a house that's rented out and somebody else is paying down that debt. When somebody else pays down a mortgage for you, that is equity. It's the exact same thing as putting nickels and dimes and quarters into a piggy bank every day. All right. Look at a house like a piggy bank that you'd buy from the uh, from the knickknack store. Right. It's a little little pig. It's pink. It's made of clay. It's got a little slit in the top. You deposit nickels and dimes and quarters and maybe even ones in there, right? Well, in 10 or 15 years, I'm going to own a bunch of piggy banks that are the size of cars filled with $100 bills, right? And the reason is, is because somebody else is depositing that money for me. If it was up to me to do that, it would never get done. In fact, I wouldn't own any piggy banks, mm-hmm. right? That's a great analogy. I, it's, it is. I love it. I'm, I'm so passionate about it so you guys can feel my energy here so to me i'm a terrible saver so by buying rental properties and doing the strategy that we're doing it it autopilots the savings it forces it upon me i can't even stop the process if i wanted to (laughs) i can't spend equity it's beautiful but it's it's going to create wealth and it's going to guarantee and ensure that i have wealth Mm -hmm. versus gambling it's it's awesome so i know i've digressed but I'm passionate about so that. So why property managers? Wow, that was a big direction. So that you can. <laughs> it's got all the nuggets hey, in there though. But it was good, man. Yeah. When you're when you're passionate about it, you do. You just right. start talking about the things you love. So why property managers? Like Dave said, it's so that you can acquire more properties more quickly. And that's where we're at. Uh, we did last year, we kind of were ramping up and we're now we're in, uh, I don't even know what you call it at this point. We're almost to a third of our goal. Let's yeah. look at I mean, that way. Tra- we are almost one third of the way to the goal. And our goal wasn't eight properties, guys. It was 150, right? I, w- I think I'd like to- it's, We 10X'd it. Compare it to a train. So like last year, we kind of, our train was just starting to move, you know? And it, it takes a while for a train to get moving. And some of the things that took us a while was we made poor choices with our property management. We didn't get it, get it fine-tuned. Uh, we didn't. Um, we didn't have all of our banking relationships lined up. We didn't have contractors. All of our contracts. We didn't have all of our lenders. We didn't have all this stuff. All Leasing, these pieces, which is part of the property management. All we this stuff that we finally got in place. Well, now our train is running. So now we are trying to add one a week. One a week. That is our goal. Boom. To add a property awesome. a week. And We're, again, that's that's big for us. That's huge for us. That could be peanuts to somebody else. But guess what? 
that's our goal and that's what we're going to accomplish. In the but I'd imagine most of the listeners, that's a crazy, crazy high goal. Everybody has a different initiative. You know, Grant Cardone at this point has 7,000 units. <laughs> if he had to start from scratch, his goal for year one wouldn't be 150, it'd be 1,000. Right, so everybody is going to grow at right. their own and it's pace, a, and it's a different. It is you're just in a different, different place. So to me, I think it's an awesome goal. It's super excited about it. I look at my father. He's a he's a rental investor as well, and you know he's I don't even know how many properties him and his uh, his wife have. I think it's probably about thirty or so. I didn't know they had that many. Yeah, that's a ton. Twenty five, wow. somewhere in there. But again, I always used to think, wow, they've got. You know, that's a lot of properties. Really, really awesome. And it took him, you know, he was working full time. Sure, he, you should be getting some really good Christmas presents coming, coming up as he ages. You can only uh, house them. a year, man. You can only <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so uh, I digress. So, Dave, I forgot. Property that. managers. Yeah. So, no, no, no. So, that goal, though, is very, it's awesome to me. Because, yeah. again, I watched my dad acquire rentals slowly, which is a great way to do it because he was working a full-time job. He's able to add one it's a year. It's the only way to he's do, do it when you're working now. full-time. It's right? awesome. That is an right. awesome him. It's like he's got piggy banks. He's got 25 piggy banks. 25 now, of them. Which is amazing. Awesome. We're trying to add, again, we added. Especially a, if you suck it at, at saving. saving. I'm yeah. not saying I suck at investing. That's two different things. I'm actually pretty good at that. Hopefully you can tell by listening to our podcast. Mm -hmm. But saving, man, saving is hard. It's also boring. It's boring. It is boring. It's super boring. I got this Nobody much money. Save. Here's this much. I'm yeah, with inflation and everything else, it's like it doesn't even. It's it's it sucks. Saving sucks. <laughs> so put it on autopilot, guys. It's the only way, in my opinion, to ensure that you will have wealth down the road. Okay. Autopilot it. All right. We love rentals. I hope you can tell. So let's get back to our property manager. Okay, discussion. when to hire? We talked maybe about ten. That yeah. can change. That's a little bit up in the air. And it's it kind depends. of and it's kind of up to you too. I think Dave, you had mentioned before, if you just don't like dealing with people and you know you're not a people person, maybe you're super introverted, maybe you're just a jerk or whatever, kind of like me. Yeah, maybe you're a short jerk. fuse. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. just shouldn't be dealing with people. Deal with, at least all the time, right? A couple of days, maybe, maybe. What's the um, the office space. I have people skills. I have people skills, you know? right. Like, again, <laughs> oh, if you really? don't have people skills, maybe property manager is the right play from day one. Uh, the the caveat, though, or the, uh, the catch-22 is then you don't really know what a property manager does, what he's dealing with. So when you are talking with the property manager, it's a little bit more difficult to relate. Right. So, so what you're saying is, is you, 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 it, it you, comes – it sometimes has more value to be, to be your own property manager prior to hiring one because you'll have more experience doing what he's doing exactly so you can relate to him is that exactly. what you're saying okay well and to fully appreciate and i totally agree everything that that person does so That's if you just have too. one property well you got to think to yourself okay what are all the steps in just even leasing up the property and we talked about that you know what's time. a funny thing to look at it when you say it like that mike when you have one property it's overwhelming it is when you have 49 properties there's systems it no longer becomes overwhelming. It's, well, I don't have to write what, a lease. I right? What stage it. are they in? Oh, the renovation. Well, just let's renovate it. What's next? Like you just you do that thing. Oh, now we're in leasing. Okay. Well, we have forty nine others, right? Like there's a simple process. It it's it sometimes is difficult to to just do one or to two. Mm -hmm. So you could by scaling, you you're actually becoming more efficient. Is really, I think, where 100%. I'm getting with that. So it really is personal then, is when to hire. Again, we suggest doing it yourself till up to about 10. Um, I think that it makes sense from a financial standpoint as well. You don't really gain um, 
scale. You don't have anything to really leverage when you talk to a property manager. Yeah, your hey, cash flows are reduced a lot. Hey, I've got you two hire. properties. Can you give me a discount on your rate? Like they don't want to deal. Yeah, they're with not going to care. They, right. And they also your business isn't that valuable. Property managers are going to take a quite a quite a lot of your cash flow, a, a decent chunk of it. Mm -hmm. um, so another thing too is if you are using your properties to live off of, if that cash flow is paying bills then a property manager might not be the best solution because you're paying them for convenience. So I always tell people when I'm on a wholesale appointment, listen, I'm a cash buyer, you know, I'm offering convenience to you, but what you have to offer me in return for me to even wanna work with you is a discount. Like, I don't need to buy your house. Like, I'm very clear, I'm very transparent, I'm very blunt. But I don't do it to be rude. I do it to set the expectation and also to help screen so I'm not wasting my time and theirs. But I just say, I'm happy to buy it. However, I don't really need it. And again, you're gonna trade me a discount and I'm gonna trade you a cash offer, which is convenience. So it's the same thing with a property manager. They are providing you with convenience. You're not having to, to worry about the leasing anymore. You're not having to worry about the, the maintenance necessarily or you know different types of things like that. However, you are trading them a, a piece of the pie. So there's always gonna be a, a give and take there. So again, convenience is the big thing. I provide convenience whenever I'm the cash buyer. The property manager provides convenience to me when I hire them as the property manager. Um, so when to hire, we talked about what to expect. I think we should we should set a little bit of an agenda for the last part of our podcast here, yes. Mike, with pros and cons. I think that's a really good way to look at the property manager. And then last but not least, um, you know, the fact that just because you hire a property manager doesn't mean you're done managing. Instead of now managing those people, you have to, to make sure that you know to manage that manager. That person that or person company. or entity mm -hmm. or whatever. So let's talk about some of the pros of property management. I already mentioned convenience. I think that's probably the most important thing. Convenience. You're hiring them and, and, and it has to be assumed they're a business. They are profiting off of you. So you are hiring them for convenience. I don't want to take the calls. I don't want to do the maintenance. I don't want to do the leasing. In fact, I don't even like people. Right, I just mm -hmm. want to buy the property and let so what you does do that, it. What does that mean, though? It means you're paying for that convenience. So there's a cost to it, and that's basically the trade-off. That's the con. Um, what is another pro to a property manager? They're professional. They are they professional. Are, they, they have are all the pro. forms. They already. are a pro. They have all the processes already. They have all the systems already. Again, it's difficult to do one because you don't know. You have a lot of things that you need to get together. But once you have those things in line, like for instance. Um, a check, a checklist for a walkthrough, um, a lease agreement that you use over and over and over and over again, a hundred times, right? They have that process, the application process. They're not going out and checking out Zillow rental, rental manager versus my smart move because they have picked one already. They know what they like. They're using it. All these systems work the same. There's not really a better one. It's just a, what you like, what interface sticks out to you. It, it all does the same thing. So don't let it overwhelm you. Just pick one and go with it. But our property manager, again, he has systems in place. So we can hand him a property at basically any level. We could give him one that needs 40 grand worth of rehab. He could handle it. We wouldn't want him to, but he could. Or we could give him one that has an occupancy inspection and the maids are leaving as he's walking in. Teed it up for him, right? So it depends on how much we want to put into the project and how much we want him to provide that convenience and that's usually what for we, us. It's all about convenience. Usually where we hand it off is when the maids are walking out, 
Go get your pictures. Inspectors in the ready. parking lot writing exactly. up a report. <laughs> right. All right. We're ready for you. I mean, again, we, we like to line them up. You know, you don't want to kill time in between. So lots of good pros. The only cons are cost. Um, There's some other cons, though, and you, we'd, we'd briefly touch oh, on this Oh, also last pros one. for tax times. Check this out. Property managers, these ones that at least using some sort of legit software, are going to be able to send you a 1099. So they're going to be able to tell you how much money you collected and how much your expenses were. So you can go to your accountant and just give them a piece of paper versus going through a box of sh a shoebox full of receipts, spreadsheets, this, that. Property managers will really simplify your taxes. Yeah. That's a very big point. Mm -hmm. Don't so they forget have account, that. Yeah, again, they're typically going to have an accounting software built into that property management software make it that really they use. Just and forward it over it, the email. Spits it out. It's that easy. Awesome. Right. Uh, the other con, though, is on the maintenance side, too. We talked about uh, briefly. It's a profit point for them. Is that can be a profit point. It is a, a profit point. For a lot of property yeah, managers, most. They, they charge on top of the maintenance calls. Yep. So if they have their own team in-house, they're going to. From Again. experience, Mike, 50% of the, not not income, that's not important to me, 50% of a property management's profit is on the markup of maintenance. Yeah, that's crazy. Did you know that? That's crazy. That's a national average, 50%. So with that being said, the 8, the 10, the 12% that you're paying, yeah, of course, that's, that's money for them. It's income. But they got to run around in town and do all this stuff. They have to lease it up and meet people there and run applications. So and it's time. One it's, thing that there's a lot of overhead that goes into it, too. So you got to keep about, that in mind. Yeah, talking about that, that's one thing that I forgot that I used to when I first started using uh, Property Manager. Uh, and I, I tried out a couple of them, too, in the past, is that I put a cap on their maintenance. Oh, I love repairs. that. It's a good pro tip. You have, you have to again, determine what level of spending they're allowed to do without talking to you. And it could be zero. You may not want them to do any maintenance without talking to you until you're comfortable with them. Uh, I typically would set my cap around 100 or $250 uh, to start. So again, I want them to use discretion, but do not spend more than $250 of my money without talking to me about- That's a great, I love that tip. Mike. And again, 100 is probably the right number because if it's a leaky sink, I don't want them to go out and replace the faucet every time or to pay a plumber. Yeah, do the whole thing. Fix the whole, fix the whole problem. That's a good point. Right. So again, you want you want to know how they're handling the maintenance. I don't want them to send a repair guy out three times for the same leaky sink. Hundred. Yeah. Bucks each you time. know, and other times, so, another thing that you want to keep in mind is sometimes cutting a corner is more expensive in the long run. It most of the time is. So that's a great point, Mike. If if you've got a guy that's going out every three months to to maintenance an HVAC unit, bite the bullet. Yeah. Buy a new one because you're gonna spend three times more money over a five year period by sending that guy out every 90 days to service it. Right? So that's another another thing to keep in mind. Right. And, so and the property manager may not care about you having a top of the line furnace. They may just like an extra 150 bucks in profit off making one call to get the HVC, so HVAC the problem, guy out there. And the problem- So that kind of leads into maintenance. Yeah, the problem with most of the property managers when they are using maintenance as a profit center is that your goals are not aligned with your property manager at that point. I think that's a very important thing uh, to keep in mind is you have to have your goals aligned. And if his goal is to make more money, which it most likely is, his goal is gonna be to increase the uh, cost of each maintenance item. Now, again, they're not going to state that and they're going to get, if you require them to get a couple of bids, they'll get a couple of bids, but they're still not really that interested in saving you the money. 
So it's very, very important, again, to, to put that in there in your agreement with your property manager when you do hire them. What other things can I think of, uh, Dave, or do you have any other ones on the top of your head that are, that are important? I'm sure we're missing something. Um, Oh, I'm sure we're missing tons of stuff. Yeah, but that's so all right. I would we'll say, come back and, and I would say okay. So managing your property manager. The other thing on that is you should expect and almost demand a written statement with your owner draw every month. Oh, this so this is a good point, Mike. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm very passionate about this. Property management software sucks. It's not good. It's terrible. Even the best ones out there. And what I mean by this is the reporting, the the reports. And they're what and what different. they're going to give you is a 36-page report for a property that's that's almost impossible to read. So this is great, Mike. So what we've always done in the past is we make our property manager create up a simple, simple, simple Excel sheet that shows the dates and the amounts and the reasons. That's it. That's that's how I do my taxes too. The dates, the amounts, the reasons. So what was the date? What happened? Did money come in? Did money go out? And why? That's what's important. That way, at the end of the month, we can see who didn't pay the rent, uh, what maintenance was where, and what was collected. We're not having to, to dig through 16 reports, one for accounts receivables, one for late rents, one for maintenance. It's too hard to understand. So have them make this be a requirement when you hire them, is that I need a simple to understand report provided to, to me at either the end of the month, the beginning of the next month, or maybe whenever they distribute their um, their owner draws. But that's very, very important because if you don't simplify these numbers, the reports that they're gonna give you most likely are gonna be confusing. Well, and you may they're like not misleading, that's not their initiative. It's just, we've seen them all. We've, we've dealt with almost every property management software that's, that's a big deal, I feel like. And again, the reports are very difficult to read. So make it the job of the property manager to help with that and simplify that so you know where, what's coming in, what's going out. And you want to keep an eye on that. This is, unfortunately, dealing with, with uh, rental properties um, is kind of a nickel and dime business. It can be. And you want to make sure that you're keeping an eye on some of these little expenses because a lot of little expenses can turn into big expenses. And They'll you got to and yeah. you got to think some of these properties may you know our average cash flows about three hundred bucks maybe maybe a tad shy of that call it two seventy five, but if um, our property management fees are through the roof, you know our cash flow could easily be net neutral or net negative at the end of a year. So you definitely want to manage those property managers. Anything you want to finish up with, Mike? I think we really really covered uh, the property managers. Definitely try to do this on your own at first. We recommend it just so you can get a feel for it. You can learn it. You can understand you know, what it's like dealing with the tenants, what it's like dealing with the leasing, what it's like dealing with the maintenance, what it's like dealing even with an eviction on your own. Okay, These are good things to learn. A property manager, as we talked about several times, they are there to help you grow, but also to provide you convenience in exchange for cost. That's I all I got, it. man. All right, That's guys, it. thank you so much for listening. This was our, uh, I guess, final uh, episode on the rent On the rent side of, of Burr. Burr Lots of R's. Don't worry, we got a lot more R's for That's you guys. That's right. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, rehabbing and uh, refinancing. Refinancing and then and, repeating. Or no, yeah, refinancing and repeating. It's refinancing right. and repeating is, is coming up. So. Right. All right, guys, thank you so much. Uh, check out freewholesalecourse.com if you're new to real estate, uh, want to learn how to wholesale. Until next time, guys, we'll see you then.
Welcome back to Season 2 of the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Our mission is to share with you what we have learned from our experience and the experience of others to help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate the Discount Property Investor way. Make sure you never miss an episode and download the Discount Property Investor app in Google Play or iTunes today. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit FreeWholesaleCourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. Thanks for tuning in. I don't know about you, but the best way to get a motivated seller to sell you a property is to get them on the phone, right? You got to get them on the phone so you can get their email to send them an offer. You got to get them on the phone so you can get information about the property, maybe even get them on the phone to set the appointments. You can go meet them if you're doing this locally. Regardless, you have to get them on the phone. So the only way to go about getting a motivated seller on the phone is to have them call you by doing various types of marketing or you can call them, right? So in order to call these motivated sellers or these people that you are essentially assuming have motivation when you're doing your cold calling or your cold texting is to first skip trace these individuals and get information on how to reach them, like phone numbers and email addresses. I personally use batch skip tracing it is the most affordable service that has the best quality data that I have found um, every single time I've tested it, which has been probably about a dozen. So I highly recommend BatchSkipTracing.com, guys, if you are interested in skip tracing. Use code DAVE, D-A-V-E, to get 20% off your skip tracing. It's a huge discount. 20% off, basically one in five skip traces is free with that code. Go check it out. It's where I do all of my skip tracing. And we're basically doing, you know, 10 plus deals every month consistently at this point, about five to six years in, in my wholesaling business. We probably use this service weekly at this point. So go check them out. Batch skip tracing. Use code Dave, D-A-V-E. That's going to save you 20% on your skip tracing. 